This is the Laravel News Podcast, your one-stop podcast to find out about Laravel-related news, tutorials, packages, and more. Here are your hosts, Jake Bennett and Michael Dorenda. Hey, everybody. This is the Laravel News Podcast, episode 107. Thanks so much for joining us. We actually have a relatively quick episode tonight. We're actually recording a little bit earlier than normal. For So for all of you tens of people who jump on the live stream, sorry if we missed if you missed it because we're a half hour earlier than normal. Just kidding. Nobody ever watches our live streams. <laughs> <laughs> we should probably Although, announce them ahead of time and stick to yeah. a more oh, that'd be a good idea. strict schedule. Yeah, that would be a good idea. And you know what? You can get a, um, you can get a pretty good. Uh, I don't know what I'm trying to say. You can get like a in person audience. Like you could pretty much if you if you join us in the live stream, and you say hey or you ask a question, we'll actually answer the question or like give you a shout out on the show. So yeah. if that's something that incentivizes you, feel free to join you'll us also every hear, other week. You'll also hear what we sound like before the podcast is edited for audio only listeners. True story. Yeah. The. Uh, uncut uncut edition so uh yeah so anyway we're a half hour early and the other reason why we're a half hour early is because mr dorinda is taking his wonderful child and family to go see the big man in red mr yeah. santa claus himself is this eli's Off first to time see. to go see the the big man uh second time we took him last year and uh you know he was he was about six months old terrified? last year yeah no he just Good. sat there he loved it he had put his smile oh, okay. on as as he does and sat on Santa's lap and it was pretty good. So I'm expecting him to lose it this year because he's a bit Hopefully. older. Fingers and, crossed. You know, new people tend to make him a little bit shy. So ooh, you gotta we'll get see one what of those pictures. Yeah. Yeah. It's those not the a best. it's not a kid's Christmas photo unless someone's crying. That's right. That's right. So you gotta get that you gotta get at least one of those. So uh mm. fingers crossed this is the year. So that'd be that'd be funny. Um mm. With that in mind, though, we actually do have a pretty quick episode. We've only got, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, nine items to talk mm -hmm. to you wonderful folks out there about today. So we're going to go ahead and jump right in. So the first thing I wanted to talk about, uh, because there has been some confusion around this in the community, and I wanted to kind of just give some clarification on it before we talk about the releases that have come out, is how the Laravel release process works now that we are following Semver. Michael, you want to talk to us a little bit about kind of what has changed and why it's actually not changed that much, except for just a couple of different numbers in the mm -hmm. version? Yeah. Yeah. So... The, in terms of changes, Laravel is now incrementing its version number bits. So the, the, the three numbers surrounded or joined by decimal places were changed to follow semantic versioning. So before Laravel 6, we had what was considered a major release every six months, but those major releases bumped what would otherwise be considered the minor release number in a semantic versioning scheme. So Laravel 5.4, 5.5, 5.6, 5.7, they were all considered major releases in terms of Laravel, but in terms of semantic versioning, they would, they would, you know, those numbers are incremented in terms of minor. And Laravel always followed a, a paradigm major minor kind of or major minor release. So with Laravel 6, we took that, well, you know, Taylor took the decision to move towards semantic versioning, which was, you know, requested by heaps and heaps of people within the broader community. 
And so that means that anytime a backward compatible feature gets added to the framework, Laravel now bumps the second number. Uh, the third number gets bumped for any patch releases and we only increment the first number on major releases. So that's when things get you know, changed and removed in a backwards breaking fashion. So you might notice that the version numbers increment a lot quicker now than what they used to. So, you know, we would be 58.32 five, or whatever, whereas now we're seeing 61, 62, 63, we're up to 6.5. So, and that all comes down to what's going into each of the releases. So if we add new functionality into the framework that's that's added in a backwards compatible way, then the, the minor changes. The major ones only change when there's incompatible API changes and they're typically going to be every six months. So where we saw a 5.5 to a 5.6 every six months previously, well, now when the next release of Laravel comes out, in February, that'll then make it Laravel 7 um, and so on and so forth for for the foreseeable future. So the release notes do actually provide an excellent, some excellent information about the release process that Laravel has adopted um, and the proposed release schedule hasn't really changed. So you will still have Laravel 6 as an LTS release that will have bug fixes until September of 2021 and security fixes until 2022. And then we can expect to see major releases roughly every six months um, in line with the the Symfony release structure. So we'll see, as I said, Laravel 7 in February, which would give bug fixes until next September and then security fixes until 2021. So, yeah, I, nothing. ultimately nothing has changed in terms of the frequency of Laravel releases right. or in, you know, we're not holding things back in any significant manner. It's just that the numbering scheme is changed when those releases do come out. Yep. Yeah, and this is why... So basically, Taylor's too, I said at uh, Laracon um, this year that, you know, this, the framework has stabilized a lot. Like in those early days, like we jumped from three to four and then four to five, it's quite, you know, sort of rapidly within a, within a year mm-hmm. or whatever, we have these major, major changes uh, and sort of like paradigms, you know, paradigm shifting changes. And with six being released, it was just like everything has really kind of stabilized and not going to be as many like large, large, large changes. So it seemed appropriate to, to go to Semver. At that mm-hmm. point, and so yeah, the the move to seven, I'm guessing, is probably not going to be again. It's probably not going to be that big of a change. Uh, it'll likely be exactly what it would have been to move from like five five to five six, you know, a while yeah. back. So yeah, yeah. So so there we go. So speaking of that, we've got Laravel six point five point one and six point five point two both released. So I'm going to just go through some of the changes real quick on these. Not a ton. Uh, just hit some of the highlights. So. November 13th, they tagged 651. There was an include in less directive. So you have an include when directive in Blade where you can pass in a conditional statement or a a conditional variable, I suppose. Yeah, a Boolean. Thank you. There we go. And then as a second argument, it will accept a path to a Blade template. And so you can include when, but now you also have the ability to include Unless the PHP Redis SPOP implementation was fixed by passing the count value and updating the default value to equal one. 
And the model is dirty. Check received a fix for collection and object casts. So what I'm guessing was happening there is it wasn't maybe looking through the entire collection or the entire object to see if it was in fact dirty. Uh, so that has been fixed. Uh, you can see, of course, a full list of the changes and updates in the change log. We'll put that in the show notes. You can also check that out on GitHub. And then 6.5.2, there's a few things of note. Uh, if you're using post GIS types in Postgres, Laravel now supports a separation between geometry and geography types. Uh, the belongs to many cursor method, which is uh, with those lazy collections, now hydrates pivot relations. And then model serialization on jobs allows typed properties. So again, you can see the full list of the new features uh, on the uh, show notes, and you can check those out there. Okay, so pretty small changes, really nothing too major. Uh, the one that's probably of most of note for me is the include and less. Uh, we've mm. we've used, you know, we've done the uh, include when and then does the negation of whatever the item is for the boolean, right? So include yeah. and less will be nice to have in there. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so in addition to that, we have uh, a couple packages that we're going to be highlighting. So talk to me about these flexible notifications we have with Laravel Notify. Uh, yeah, Laravel Notify is a flexible flash notification package for Laravel built by Arthur Money. Laravel Notify is a package that lets you add custom notifications to your project. A diverse range of notification designs are available and many are coming soon. This package provides you with JavaScript, markup, CSS, animations, and fonts needed to create many different types of uh, notifications. The syntax is is quite similar if you've ever used the Laracast Flash package, if you've used the Sparsy Flash package, it's all very similar. You've got a notify helper, so you can go notify, arrow, success, and then pass the text in there, or you can uh, use a connectify, which is, a, I guess, a connection notification message. There's also Drakeify, which I assume is some reference to the, the Canadian rapper that, you know, Drake... No, <laughs> I'm wondering if it's not. I'm wondering if it's not. Uh, I'm wondering if the functions aren't related to maybe like the style of the, of the notification that it's generating. I'm not sure. Possibly. Anyway, there's there's some there's some different styles in there. They all like all look quite nice. You know, well designed. They stand out and they're clean and crisp. And and obviously the the API is fairly clear as as I said. Um, you can learn more about the package, get the full installation instructions, and view the source code. On GitHub, we will provide links to all of that in the show notes. Yeah, it looks like that is correct, that the the um, Drakeify, Connectify, whatever, these are different types of notifications that he's mm -hmm. built. Uh, and they do look they do look pretty good. Uh, it, of course, depends on the style of the application that you're creating. Uh, but if you're looking for something that has some styling out of the box, it's going to be something that'd be helpful. Yeah, I yeah. have used for the longest time uh, Laracast's Flash package, which is so funny because I feel like that thing's been, I don't know if it's been abandoned. That's probably not fair to say that without looking for sure. But, uh, you know, it's feature just complete. always worked. What's that? Feature complete. It's Thank feature you. There complete. You go. Exactly, exactly. Uh, but it works great. So we've just used that for, for a long yeah. time. So speaking of notifications, we've got this other package that allows you to automate future notifications and reminders with a package called Laravel Snooze. This is by Thomas Kane. And what he does is it simplifies automating future notifications and reminders in Laravel. So a couple of good examples of this would be follow-up, like a follow-up survey. For example, if somebody purchased something from your store, you could say in two days, go ahead and email them a survey asking them how their experience was. Uh, if you had like email drips that you wanted to send as part of your onboarding experience, a welcome email, an after sign up email, additional tips three days after that, an upsell seven days after that, 
right? Or even short-term recurring items. So like if you wanted to send a report every day for the next four weeks, all of those items are handled with this package. So it's really simple to implement as well because you just use this trait, which is snooze notifiable. And that adds a notify at method. Uh, so you can say user notify at, so any notifiable, you say notify at, and then you pass the notification that you want to send. So new birthday notification, for example, and then as a second argument, you pass in a timestamp. So you could say, you know, carbon now add days seven, uh, or however you wanted to schedule that. And then uh, it will schedule that notification for you for the future. And then you can, uh, you have a, uh, a scheduled job, I believe that will get run in the background, and then we'll trigger those and kick those off. Uh, in addition to being able to schedule them in advance, there's also this idea of an interrupt, right? So you can check to say, possibly, is the user still active, right? Or mm -hmm. did their birthday change, right? Is their birthday still today, if you're sending a birthday email or something, right? So mm -hmm. there's this public function called should interrupt that you would then put on your uh, notification class. And you would just return a Boolean from that. And that will either say, yes, go ahead and send the notification or no, we've changed our mind. Don't send that. So it looks pretty interesting. Uh, again, Thomas Kane and the package name is called Snooze. So you can check that out at Thomas J. Kane or Thomas John Kane slash Snooze on GitHub. Thanks, Thomas. That looks pretty cool. Yeah, we'll also include a link in the show notes to a pretty in-depth article that Thomas wrote just going into a little bit of the philosophy uh, behind the behind the package itself as well, which looks uh, pretty interesting. I'm interested. Does he just add a table? Yeah, it looks like there's a database migration as well. So I, I would imagine that it pumps all the notifications into that table and then just goes and finds everything that is uh, due at some date in the past and fires them off. Dude, I mean, I've done this so many times, right? Mm. I've literally done this some same functionality a hundred times, but it's just I've never made a package for it. So I really appreciate it when people say, you know, there's this piece of logic that is not necessarily part of my domain. Like it's not mm. like specific to the domain of the application I'm, I'm building. Like I, I could use this again at some point. And so they just take the time to pull it out into a package. So yeah, yeah nice job. Really cool. Excellent. Okay. Um, we have uh, one other notification, one that I didn't see. Actually, no, it is in your list. I just skipped it. My bad. Laravel notifications as a phone call. <laughs> You're looking at me like, yes, you did skip it. You did. You did, uh, but I won't. Me. What you got? The Nextmo voice channel is a package that adds a notification channel to Laravel that uses Nextmo's voice API. The package provides a notification channel for the Laravel framework that works with the Nextmo's voice API, allowing text-to-speech phone calls. It also provides a fluent interface to construct your message content. To use the notification channel, you route a notification through the voice channel class and provide a two-voice method. The README documents an example so you can get a visual idea of using the package, but it's it's just another channel for using Laravel's notification system. So you just you declare your two voice there. You say, I want to return a new message. I want a new sentence. Um, Hi, thanks for joining my website. So you pass an array of these, these sentences in and it will say your verification is, you've got the ability to interpret. So if you say that your verification code is ABC123, you can tell it specifically to interpret that as a string that needs to be spelled out. So instead of it trying to figure out how to say ABC123 as a word, yeah, it'll actually say it as the individual letters. So there's a, quite a bit of functionality in there. It, it allows you to, to pause, to substitute based on 
you know, different languages and things like that. So you can learn more about the package and get full installation instructions and view the source code on GitHub, which we will link to in the show notes. Uh, translation is pretty amazing. Like that, that makes total sense. I wouldn't even think of that, but that that's a great idea. Awesome. Okay. We have what else here? The Laravel installer has been updated. So uh, if you don't have the Laravel installer, maybe you use something like Lambo. So this is a cool little shout out for Titan as well. So Titan has a basically a Laravel installer that is like Laravel installer plus or on steroids or however you want to say it, right? Which does exactly what the Laravel installer does, but does a couple other things. So you might check that out if you haven't heard of that before. Titan Co slash Lambo, I think. But Taylor released a new version for the Laravel installer, which brings it up to version 2.3, which includes the auth scaffolding. So now you can say uh, from your command line, Laravel new, the name of your project, and then dash dash auth. And that will uh, that flag will create a new project with the authentication scaffolding installed and ready to go. As you may remember, before Laravel 6, you could run make auth immediately after creating uh, a new uh, installation. But uh, Laravel 6 removed that command. So it moved it to a separate Laravel slash UI package. So now, of course, it's a little bit more difficult to install that. Not difficult, it's not the right word. It's just an extra step. And so by adding this auth flag, you now have the ability to do that straight from the command line right away. Pretty cool. Yeah. Okay, then we have Laravel Initializer. So what is that exactly? So this is another extension, I suppose, on top of the the Laravel installer where... I guess if you've ever found yourself writing multiple manual steps to set up a Laravel application in a new environment or you're starting a new project, the initializer is a convenient way to automate installing and updating an application. So it gives you the ability to declare multiple processes and run them with the app install and app update artisan commands, which run predefined actions uh, depending on the current environment. So these use two distinct classes that run commands based on a given environment. So first off, you've got the app install class which uh, you can pass in your function names in there for each environment. So you'd have a, a public production function or a public local function, which receives a runner as a parameter. And then you can say, run this external command. So run composer install. Then you can tell it to run the, the artisan key generate, artisan migrate, storage link, run NPM, cache your routes, your configuration and your events. But in the local environment, you can get it to just do the composer install, generate a key, migrate, link storage and then run npm so i in applications that i've got especially some of the the tricky or the bigger ones that have got a few more steps to get up and running we've got some shell scripts that just we just execute via composer so we can do composer run setup and it just runs through all this kind of stuff so this is a a laravel you know a php package so it allows you to run it all directly from the artisan command line and then you've also got the app update command which looks very similar and it allows you to specify per environment chains of, of functions to run that allow you to carry out functions whenever you want to update your application. So instead of putting all of this stuff, for example, if you're using Laravel Forge into the deploy script there, you could put this all into your application. You can then version that and then you, you can just say, you know, whenever you deploy to run PHP out as an app update and then reload FPM, without having to, you know, put all this stuff in. And then you've got to copy and paste that if you've ever setting up a new server in Forge or if you want to reuse that between applications. Like you could split this out into a package as well that leverages the the underlying Laravel initializer package in order to 
share the same set of installation steps between any of your any and all of your projects if you wanted so um you can inject dependencies from the service container if you need to do that while running commands the package contains a variety of runner actions you should uh, which you can check out from the readme um you can you can get it to create a, a cron task automatically for you so um, assuming the user that you're running app update has permission to do it then uh, you can get it to create your schedule run cron entry as well um, so there's a whole heap of things you can do you can create supervisor config for a typical queue worker in horizon so we will definitely link up more about this package the installation instructions and more information in the show notes yeah i find something like this is really helpful we actually were looking to create our own sort of version of this not too long ago uh, we brought on another developer who was not on premise ever. So he was only remote. So typically we have somebody who'd be on remote some of the time or, you know, on remote sometimes, but not always. And a lot of our stuff is run internally only. And so what we found is we had a large need for all of a sudden having a lot of seeds in the database because I couldn't just like, you know, give them a, a sort of dummy production version of it super easily or he couldn't get to it really easily. And so anyway, being able to have something that you set up to say locally, when you run this, here's everything you need to do from the time you literally, if you just pull it down from GitHub, run this command and you'll be all set up with everything Mm -hmm. to go. And that can be a little bit difficult depending on how complex your application gets over time. And it can be, it also, it's hard to keep up with, right? You have to constantly update the readme and all that stuff. So if you just have one project or one task that you run, uh, every time you install an app and you just know it's going to be there, it just becomes kind of a habit and it, it's pretty cool. And I think what was really interesting too on this is when you can run it into, in production, um, mm. depending on what your deployment script looks like, right? But the fact that you can set up your schedule run, your horizon stuff, all of those items straight from your deploy process at just calling this runner, I thought it was pretty neat. So I'm definitely yeah. going to check this out and push this into some of our some of our applications yeah, it's, it's a lot nicer as well if you want to keep everything, number one, in your repo and number two, in PHP. We we do this kind of thing for our CRM, for example. We've got a a training environment that we can, like, we've got a command that runs and it'll generate all of, like, it'll run all the specific seeders needed to generate specific test scenarios in our CRM. And so anytime we have a new training group come through, we can just run that, that uh, shell script. And then it'll, you know, rebuild the databases, reinitialize all the users, get everything back to the start. So we could do training group after training group, all with the exact same set of setup. So, you know, there's, there's as you say, there's different ways of going about it depending on on your scripts. And um, we've just done it with shell scripts because it's it's easy just to put a whole bunch of like run PHP yeah. others and this and whatever in there. But as I said, if you're not familiar with shell scripting and you want to just keep everything in your repository and everything in PHP, then this is a great way of going about it. Yeah, the other thing too is like you could still use shell scripts. Like you could run, you could run that script from inside here. Mm. Uh, but the th- the cool thing about this is this also gives you access to like the uh, container and any of your Laravel commands that you might want to use. So, yeah, and really at the end of the day, it's about conventions, right? It's just about deciding for your team what works best and then doing that moving forward. So, um, yeah. this is one solution you could use, and you know if you use it consistently, it could it could definitely be helpful for your team. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. We also have this package by Freak van der Herten. Just kidding. I know how to say your name. Freak. Okay. So he has this package that says send users a welcome notification to set an initial password. 
So I could see this being interesting. This is really just kind of like one step different than having an initial confirmation email. Uh, so sometimes what you'll do, depending on how critical an application is, when somebody's signing in for the first time or registering a email, you really want to make sure that it's actually them, that they actually have access to that email address. Um, something well, that they haven't made like, a typo with their email address. Exactly right. Like, okay, if you're signing them up as a user for your student, you know, where they manage their student loans or something, all right, you certainly don't want them to accidentally give away the uh, give away the incorrect password or the incorrect email. I'm sorry, and then all of a sudden somebody goes and does a password reset, and now they have access to all your student loan data. That would be really mm-hmm. bad. So a lot of times we'll validate emails, right? But with this package. Uh, Frederick takes it one step further and says, you know, we're actually going to send them a initial email to set up their password. Uh, yeah. So the Laravel welcome notification is a new package that does exactly that. Send a welcome notification to new users. The welcome notification contains a secure link where the new user can set an initial password. So the package adds a welcome valid until, so you can say it expires after three days. Uh, or whatever you might have, column to the user's database table, which the package uses to generate a temporary signed route. You can kick off the process of sending the welcome email and set the validation expiration date. Uh, And the package, of course, as always, has tons of customization options, such as customizing the mail message or swapping out an entirely different notification class or whatever you'd like to do. So you can check that out at spassi slash Laravel welcome notification. And we will make sure we post that in the show notes. Thanks, Posse. And thanks, Frank. That's awesome. Yeah. Hey, man. Um, I think that brings us to the end of the show, oddly enough. I mean, That's how indeed. crazy is that, right? It's, it's, it is time. We have we have done all of this in under 30 all minutes. Of it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, this yep. this is also our second to last show for the year. I think we'll get one more out just just before Christmas. And then we're going to take a little bit of a break here. Uh, I'm I'm going away for a couple of weeks, so we'll probably kick things back off early in January after that. So yeah, it's a can't believe that that we're already at that time of year where we're talking about taking time off and and getting getting together with our families. And and it snuck up on on us that quickly that we're almost probably not gonna do our other extravaganza at this point. Oh no, we're gonna 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 get it done. Oh yes. (laughs) Oh yes. We have to. It's tradition. This is year four. This is true. Yeah. Yeah, year four. Isn't that insane? We've been doing this for I can't believe people have been putting up with us for this long. Yeah, we do. I don't. Am I? I'm allowed to say this. Our North meets South meets Dads and Dev meets TJ Miller meets Chris Gamir meets everybody else we ever want to include <laughs> in the show podcast. Christmas extravaganza yeah. podcast. Yeah. yeah, it's a good time. It's a good time. It's, it's a lot of nonsense, time. but it's it's fun. So yeah, we got to get that in before the end of the year. Okay. Yeah. This was episode 107. Thanks so much for hanging out with us. If you'd like the show. Uh, feel free to share it with your friends. That'd be super awesome. Rate us up in your podcatcher of choice. Show notes for this episode are at laravel-news.com slash podcast slash 107. And of course, as always, if you have any questions, hit us up on Twitter. You know who we are. You know where it's at, at Jacob Bennett, at Michael Trenda, at Laravel News. And until next time, my friends, have a wonderful Thanksgiving. If you're doing that, that's coming up quick here this next week. So you'll probably be listening to this maybe on your way to celebrate Thanksgiving with some family members. Hope it's a great quick reprieve from work and uh, drive safe. Yeah. We don't we do not do the Thanksgiving thing here, but Black Friday is certainly becoming a thing down here. So, hey, we, which is you take the worst of the American traditions. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, the fun, the fun thing about Black Friday is that that is technically on Saturday here. So I'm oh, not right. sure how, how it works out timeline wise. <laughs>
That's funny. Yeah, right. You guys have Black Saturday? Every day of the week. Every day of the week. Just just push it one more day and make it Black Sabbath. Hey, now we're talking. Hey, well, hey, I guess actually Black Saturday I would be Black Jewish, Sabbath. Could be, could be Saturday. Yep, yeah. Jewish it would be. But yep, Black Sabbath. You already have it. You guys have Black there Sabbath. Yeah, we do. <laughs> nice. All right. Nothing but nonsense to finish this show. We will see That's you right. all in two weeks. See ya. Bye.